0: But what does it really take behind the scenes to launch and run your own successful business? Hear how these inspiring female founders have made it happen. While we're talking about female-founded businesses, you guys have to check out SheKind, an independent Canadian retail boutique. SheKind is run by a mother-daughter duo with the goal of making women look and feel their absolute best with the thing we love, fashion. All of the brands that they partner with are either female-founded or female-led. Head over to SheKind.ca to shop their super cute clothing by all female-led brands. And right now, you can get 20% off your first purchase using code MADEIT20. That's 20% off using code MADEIT20 at SheKind.ca. One use per customer. Thank thank you so much for joining me here today, Loralee, and I'm so excited to hear about your journey as an entrepreneur and the creation of your business and just how you got to where you are today. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. So how about we start off by having you tell us a little bit about yourself and your business?
1: Yeah, sure. I guess I'll start with uh, maybe myself (laughs) and then the business. Yeah, so uh, Laura Lee, um, I've been in, I've sort of been a serial entrepreneur since I was little, I guess I came by pretty naturally. Um, So I grew up as a film baby, my dad works in film, Um, I started working on film sets when I was young, and then that uh, sort of evolved into music, and then sort of just digital media, sort of intersectional digital media, and into sort of full-on interactive digital media with uh, Digital 55, and so Digital 55... um, yeah, it's been full-time since 2018, and we are a digital agency, so we um, do experience design, essentially. So uh, we take content and we um, sort of design it so that uh, it can be deployed digitally and sort of stacked modular experiences. We work in a lot of different medias, so we have sort of digital design dev on the digital side. We have medias. So we'll do all sorts of sort of video, audio, media sort of intersections um and all that sort of stuff so we get to and we we get to do complex storytelling essentially too in terms of content dissemination so we get to kind of dive into some really interesting things with the company and through um designing digital experiences so it's been interesting to see my background be so foundational for some of the things that we're doing as well as other people on my team um, but it's been cool to kind of have that intersectional um, interdisciplinary background um sort of in what we do so that's been sort of an interesting thing that's happened from my background into the company's sort of foundational pieces.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so then I guess from the start of your business, how did that all get started? Um, and what made you decide you know, to start your own business?
1: Well, I had started a couple other businesses before Digital 55 to varying degrees of success. <laughs> like I had one business where I'm like, I don't even, I don't even, it was more, um, like I don't even think I made any money and I started a record label when I was in a band and so I had experience sort of starting businesses but digital fifty five just sort of really grew quickly and um, yeah so I started other businesses I kind of knew about how to set up businesses and I knew some of the back end stuff like how to set up stuff with the government and how to set up stuff with you know registering your name and getting you know all your business numbers and all that stuff um so I was able to do that for digital fifty five but I was working for other design and dev agencies and I was always kind of waiting for this perfect time to go full-time with Digital 55. I had started it part-time, I had been bringing on clients, but it was so tough because I was working mad hours for companies because design dev and directive media is crazy. Like you work a lot of hours. Um, And then I kind of got pushed off a cliff at a point to go full-time. So the company I was working for announced that they uh, they were declaring bankruptcy. And so we had a couple of weeks to wrap up the company. And so that was the moment where I just thought, okay, it's now. Like the universe is sort of telling me that, like, I wasn't going to go find another job or work for another company. I was going to move my company into full time. So it was a little bit of a push off the cliff moment, but it was one of the best things that ever happened, <laughs> dramatically. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, that's that's good to hear. And um, you know, how did you first get into the industry? I guess then even before you had started that part time, um, and then before taking full time, how did you get into that?
1: yeah i had i guess it really does stem from my sort of creative background so you know working in film working in music i had a record label um and then i just had gotten one job and it was a random job for me it wasn't a job that i was expecting to stay in i wasn't really a company that i was expecting it was a not-for-profit i wasn't expecting to really have a lot sort of build from there in terms of my career but i ended up finding a really cool intersect of um, creative with um, digital learning at the time so i was doing digital learning and making all these um, sort of digital courses and they were longer format and intersecting sort of stacking different media and different um, you know design and and dev approaches and i just really saw the need for sort of niche area of intersecting creative and you know digital content Um, and that really it was like an aha moment for me where I'm like, this is the thing, this is going to be a huge thing. And sort of future trend casting into the future. And it's so crazy because now, you know, everybody needs to digitize their content. Um, and the thing that I think is interesting for me in terms of how that all started was, you know, we do get to dive into really important subject matters and we do get to deal with really important content. So that's really critical. It's not just the design and it's not just the dev or it's not just the media, it's also content and making sure that that content is accessible, um, that it's inclusive, um, you know, we, we dive into stuff about diversity, inclusion, human rights, social justice, um, even sun safety, like we're doing stuff that has this for purpose angle. So it's been really interesting to see, I guess I trendcasted before I knew it, <laughs> about creative and important content or content with a purpose. And that sort of was the foundation for the business, I guess, in terms of a foundational values based principle that I didn't even really understand fully until recently where I'm like that was the start of the business sort of working for another company seeing how learning and digital learning um, is so important in terms of accessibility to knowledge and how that's sort of so important for humanity and sort of looking at some of the problems of people not having access but digital provides an opportunity for that so how can you kind of make these awesome experiences that could also be on par with Spotify say something that's super fun and exploratory but you're also getting a lot of critical or really important knowledge to sort of build up Society, so that was kind of the foundations of all that.
0: Wow! Yeah, no, that's amazing, and I think you know that point of view it definitely is very true, and um, I think it's a great way to look at it. And then you know, coming into entrepreneurship, you had mentioned before that you were a musician, um, so you sort of transitioned from music to entrepreneurship. How was this transition, and sort of what made that pivot move um, for your for your career? I know, like, who would ever give up wanting to be a rock star? Uh, the thing is, music is back in my life now, and
1: it's, it's so cool, but I actually really think that was important, and I, the band that I was in, we had been grinding it out for 10 years, and we were sort of close to getting a record deal, and sort of all the things that we had been working towards, I'm like, it's all gonna happen, and it just, it didn't, and not for any particular reason, and so there was a point where I just wanted to step away from that, because I was tired, I was just feeling drained, and you know, it was just really like a personal decision. And you know, when something that you love stops making sense. Music kind of stopped making sense for me in terms of I was not understanding what that meant or who I was as a musician. And so it really was, I needed to take some time to myself. And um, that ended up being way longer than I thought. But I was always of the mind that you had to separate those two things out. So when I started working in digital, I didn't really want to tell people I was a musician. And I thought that you couldn't you know it was that old school mentality of like oh, yeah, keep your personal life personal and like your work life whatever and then what i realized quickly is like actually no like that's one of the coolest things like that makes you a certain like you think in a certain way because of that experience and because you know you spent 10 years trying to build up a really successful band and also like working in all these intersectional spaces of like you know you have to be on social you have to be building out your myspace <laughs> you have to be you know um trying to get deals and doing bookings and like you're doing all this stuff and like the thinking that goes into running a band and being in a band you know it's such a sort of intersectional and interdisciplinary way to um and a lot like really business-minded which I think a lot of people don't think about because I just think about the art side um and so I really yeah I realized quickly that that was one of the coolest things about the, like that sort of changed my thinking a lot and I didn't realize that that was such an asset and sometimes you try to hide those things because you think oh people are going to think I'm this like you know, wild child, (laughs) whatever, but it's actually funny because a lot of people that we work with now, even they're really interested in that part of my background. And I, um, you know, it's weird how you sometimes realize that the things that you're trying to suppress are actually the things that give the most value. Um, Even if it's not in the same space, there's intersectionality about what that means for the way that you think and what you bring to the table. So that was a huge lesson for me to kind of show up as your whole person and not feel weird about things that, Or if you've iterated on your career, you don't have to hide sort of past iterations of that. They can all be part of like your current iteration.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I definitely agree. And I sort of, I love that, like the way that you put that. And I absolutely agree that, you know, that is a part of who you are today. And that's sort of what brings it into your business. Um, So that's, that's amazing. And then, you know, you talked a little bit about how musicians actually do have that sort of business side to them without really realizing it. Is there anything else that, you know, you, you've sort of talked about how musicians are actually natural entrepreneurs? Are there any other sort of traits that they carry or any assets that they have that has um you've noticed that transitions into sort of the business side totally i'm gonna
1: preach like for the musicians as entrepreneurs because i feel like sometimes i feel like it's more recognized now but i feel like people don't um i feel like that's a really easy industry for people to just say oh like musician or you're just creative or whatever and sort of not marginalize, but not give as much um sort of respect to some of the other ways that you have to think and some of the really um, crazy skills that musicians do have in terms of I know a lot of musicians like they're so they can be so technical because you know music is also like a technical um, discipline so you know a lot of people are video editors like myself um, crazy at design so doing like lots of graphic and and digital design and really interesting um, innovative ways to sort of use those different formats and on the business side, too, you know, strategizing about how to release an album or put together an album or put together all sorts of digital collateral, like your website and all your different platforms, and being constantly involved in conversations online and um, all that stuff. I feel like I'm happy that musicians are getting a bit more respect and kudos for all that effort and all that, um, like, all those talents that really do create sort of a bigger strategy other than just sort of music on its own. It's all sort of interconnected. And I feel like, and I think it's also a great model for the way that a lot of industries have to think about now too, where, you know, music, the industry has gone through so many things and they're going you know again (laughs) but you know back in the day when the big record labels were sort of crumbling and sort of indie labels were coming up and even people being able to put out music independently more quickly and more rapidly all that stuff I think is so strategic and I think it's also a model for other industries to say like how can you be innovative and how can you be agile and rapid and how can you have more um, ownership over your IP and like what you're creating you know so um, I think musicians are extremely strategic. I think they just have to be at this point, and um, I feel like it's always overshadowed as you know, just sort of lumped as creative people. But I think there's so much strategy that goes into being a musician, and it's pretty impressive what people have been coming up with in terms of the way that they're approaching, you know, their creative art and their creative IP.
0: Yes, absolutely. No, that's I. I love sort of hearing about that and that connection. And I think that's I think it's a really cool like connection there that maybe a lot of people don't realize. And then you'd sort of talked about how before you had sort of been thrown into your business um, full time when it was this sort of side hustle. Was there any? What were sort of some of the indicators? How did you know that you were ready to take that full time and that the business is ready for full time? Can you tell us a bit about that transition there?
1: Yeah, and I love how you mentioned the side hustle because I did start off the business as a side hustle for about a year and a half, and I think that was really critical. I know that you know, not everybody's going to feel comfortable without a bit of a net or so, you know, able to build up a bit of collateral for the business, like a website, um, even a couple of first clients that started with the business. And so a bit of money in the bank for the business. Um, So that was really key. And that was sort of my comfort level. So then when I got sort of forced to make a decision quickly, I was able to do that without thinking twice, because I had already built up a bit of a foundation. So that was my approach to really feeling comfortable, you know, Making that decision, and I I think side hustles are great because you kind of learn some lessons, you make some mistakes, or you. um, But you're not under fire at that point, you know. Like you don't have to make those mistakes when a lot is on the line, or like you're not sure if you make the wrong decision, then you can't feed yourself, or you, you know, your or your business goes under in three months or whatever. So that was really great. I think the side hustle was really, really important to set up the foundations of me having, you know, the business in a solid enough place on paper that it was really easy to move into full time. So I think, yeah, I think having a side hustle and sort of, uh, you know, without the pressure cooker of having to have that be successful right away, I think it's a great approach and, um, not everybody, you know, everybody's going to have sort of look at that differently, but I think that is something to think about in terms of, I always tell people, you know, everybody's waiting for, even myself waiting for this perfect moment to start your business or even start it part-time. I know a lot of people sort of talk themselves out of just getting started because they think they have to write a five page business plan or get, a bank cause like a loan from the bank or have a website launched before they can say that they have a business. And I'm of the mind that you can literally deploy, like you can just say that you're starting and then build from there, almost like do it backwards. So I think that's a great opportunity that, that we have now that wasn't really available even five or 10 years ago. It was look really different, like starting a business looked really different, but now I think you can, you can literally get started um, and just build as you go. And that's a great way to do it. Cause you can kind of, yeah sort of experiment with things and um refine things as you're going without a lot of pressure
0: yes absolutely i think those are some really great points and and, um i absolutely agree that you know it has changed over the years and i think i think that is a great point for getting started um and then you know also with that transition what was the biggest change that you'd found from when you were working in the industry to now running your own business (laughs) my girl, my stress levels went up um but
1: You know i say that in a it was really stressful and the first couple months were super stressful um you know it is on you like the choices that you make do affect you know your outcome for your business but also you have other people involved most likely whether it's your clients or people on your team or people you're collaborating with um, or other vendors that you're bringing on that are supplying things for you and so i had always been a bit of a workaholic i guess in terms of just the industries that i was in it's like you worked a lot that's just sort of what it was like even with the band it's like you're working on the weekends you're working at night you're you're constantly plugging away and you're building um and in digital it was madness i was working all the time but i yeah the transition was like i'm working even more but it just feels different though (laughs) when it's your own business so even though you're working a lot it doesn't feel like work um and even the problems like you get to be a problem solver you get to kind of get creative and innovative with you know, how you want to move the business forward. And so I find that I'm always fascinated and always sort of super feeling like jazzy and like involved in everything. Like I'm not feeling like, oh my gosh, I have to do this. Even if it's something that can be more mundane, I feel like it's all very exciting because it all leads to this like sort of bigger picture thing that you're creating. And so I think the the transition was just making sure I do have time for myself. (laughs) And because, you know, you want to, you work all the time and you want to work all the time. So it is hard to carve out time where you're doing other things to keep your you know, to keep your inspo going and to keep yourself sane and also healthy, you know, mentally and just like physically too. So I took up boxing. That was one of my things I did. So before the shutdown, I was boxing four times a week. And that was one of my self-care sort of personal routines where I'm like, I am not on tech during, you know, for those four hours a week. Like I'm not on tech. I'm off of tech. I don't have my phone. I don't have my computer. You know, I'm just doing something for me. And, um, So those sorts of things where you have to kind of build in time for yourself and make sure that you do treat it as important and not um, something that can be, yeah, it's not a nice to have in your calendar, it's a need to have that personal time where you are unplugging from your business because it's hard to unplug, you don't want to, so you have to force yourself.
0: Yes, definitely. And I think that's definitely a challenge that a lot of entrepreneurs go through is, you know, making sure that there is that balance. Um, and then, you know, you had also s- spoken about going through challenges there was, has there been sort of one other big challenge that you've had to overcome um, while running your own business? And what did you do during those times?
1: Oh, there was a couple, I mean, there's been a couple challenges. Um, and, you know, as you're scaling and growing, new things come up. And I feel like I guess I've come to terms with the fact that there's always going to be a challenge in every phase that you're in. And so you never really get out of that cycle. Um, one thing I noticed at the end of 2019 is we were going through a pretty rapid scale and growth phase and we had just come out of startup. So you think, oh, after startup, you're like, oh, I can chill for a bit. And you're like, no, it's just, you're back in the same spot almost. Cause, and now the scope or the, you know, now the risks are bigger. The scope is bigger. Um, sort of what's happening is bigger. And so when we were scaling and growing, um, there was one big client that we had that is one of our, you know key collaborators and we love them we have such a good relationship with them but there was a project that was really rapid and really big in scope and you know towards the end of it we did lose a bit of time where we were getting our deadlines and our handoffs were getting a bit muddy and like they weren't clean and so there was like a point where I was in New York for a conference and like on a call with them and they were like I was like am I gonna get in trouble legally (laughs) like if we don't hand this off within like two days or something you know because we're still debbing it or whatever and you know just kind of really struck home that you're when you take these things on, like you really do take it on sort of thing. And so it was just a good reminder that, you know, it's important to scope your things properly, to time them properly, to make sure that you have, you can build out capacity with your team. So we didn't have enough people helping us. So we were getting sort of backlogged. Um, And it just made me kind of take scale and growth more seriously to be like, okay, we have to be clear. Like we have to be transparent with our clients that we are scaling and growing. And there's a bit of messiness that comes with that, but we're going to, you know, we're making an effort to put systems in place each time so that, if anything is going sideways in a project, but the next time we'll make sure that that doesn't happen or we'll just iterate on that. So it's more refined and um, less risky for everybody. And so, yeah, the lesson for me was just we have to tell our clients cause they know they've seen us scale and grow. So they they'll know, like we have to let them know that we understand that our systems have to evolve um, because we're growing and we're taking on bigger projects. Transparency with clients during those awkward phases is I think really important. And it's hard to have those conversations, but critical.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think those are some really great points and pieces of advice um, for anyone else that's starting a business and maybe going through those same, same things there. And then on the flip side, I guess, has there been sort of one big success moment um, throughout your journey or with starting your own business um, that you'd like to share?
1: Yeah, we've had so many good ones. Um, and it but I guess for me, it always, the things that are always really heartwarming is a, when a client, um, we do, a, we're doing the original content now. So we get to activate, um, sort of D55 originals, which is really exciting, but we've been working with a lot of clients closely in terms of building out really important content lines for them. Um, and so when we see a, a product line, I guess, go viral for a client, then it's really heartwarming when they're getting responses, not just on like, Oh, this was cool thing to do, but like like, this content is so important. And like, these are the conversations that are setting up the future or whatever. So when we're able to help clients really be part of that conversation and, and be really sort of into what's happening in the way people, like what supports people need. One of my proud moments recently is I've been working with a content producer. She's been with the company um, in a freelance capacity for a pretty long time. And she's been um, on critical projects and helping the company scale and grow. And I was just we just announced that she's our full-time content producer now. So it's great when I, when you also see people on your team just thrive and you can offer them like you can just sort of, you know, you're, we're going steady now, I joke, but like when you can build out your team and um, you know, those moments are really proud moments for me that just shows that, you know, the success of the company or all that work for the past year or like all these things that you take on as risks are really, really worth it. Cause you see, you know, how you can support other people um, and other talent and other minds and how that affects everything sort of. So those are really proud moments for me when there's something when that happens. So that was a great announcement we just had.
0: Absolutely. No, and that's that's so good to hear. And um, you know, I love I love hearing about sort of those big moments and in the business. Um, and then if you could have, I guess, one piece of advice for you know, someone who is starting their own business or maybe even something that you would tell yourself when you were starting your business, what would that be? That's a good question.
1: I I feel like I want to quote a Beach Boys song. (laughs) You know, that song, Don't Worry Baby. I feel like people kind of paint entrepreneurs or the entrepreneurial life as a super scary life, I think, in terms of, um, and, you know, there is real risk that people are taking on. And um, it is a, it's a hard life in terms of you're working a lot. And even if you're not working, your mind's always going. So like, there's a bit more, like, you don't unplug at 5pm, say like, that's just not how that works, really. But I think, yeah, my advice is, I think, don't worry about it. Like if you're really feeling in your gut, like you want to make a move and do something or you want to have an impact somewhere and you think you can do it, then just get started and don't worry about, you know, um, you know, make, make solid strategic choices. But I think a lot of people talk themselves out of, you know, participating in really, really cool things and, and sort of lending their talents to really, really important initiatives and sort of changing our world. I think entrepreneurial life is also really important now more so than ever because there's a lot of things going on. And so, um, I think, you know, it's almost like, let's do this for the future. And if there, if it's in your gut to do something, then like just, just start doing it and don't worry about it. Don't talk yourself out of it. Don't um, make a checklist of negatives and pros. I think if you can start sort of low risk in terms of just getting started um, and then go from there, I think like that's a great way to start. And I think, um, you know, trust your gut on that one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a, that's a really great piece of advice. And thank you so much for sharing that. And as well as your full journey, um, it sounds like such an incredible background you've had to how you got today. And i um, very excited for what is to come. And do you have any sort of future plans for your business you'd like to share? Yeah, so we're super excited
1: because um, we've launched a new vertical of our company, which is Original Content. So we just released our first project, Filter. So it's like digital 55 presents filter and uh, this filter project is on cannabis. So we're uh, exploring cannabis culture from a very knowledge-based storytelling perspective, experience-based perspective. Um, But we have other original content projects that we're going to be launching. So it's just super exciting to have an original content um, sort of production series going. And I think that changes sort of the impact that we can have and who can see our content and stuff like that. So really excited to have more public space and more, um, sort of ability to, to deploy content so it's reachable and accessible to more people and um, try and help people like frame, you know, the human experience and give sort of critical thinking and knowledge on, you know, the stuff that we interact with in our, in our lives and what will sustain us for the future sort of thing. So yeah, that's sort of uh, where our minds are at with future stuff and exciting initiatives that are, you know, changing the way that the company will look like moving forward.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm very excited to see all that to come. And where can people find all of this online and find your business or yourself?
1: Yeah, so we're on social, we're on all the socials. (laughs) Um, We have our site, digital55studios.com. And then we're also on Insta, handle digital underscore 55, I believe. Um, And then we're on Facebook and Twitter. So if you just look up digital55, you'll find us on all the things. Yeah.
0: Thanks for listening to Made It Happen Podcast, the podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, leave a review, and I'll see you next week.